expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. He is skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones and in carving wood. He's a master at every craft and have personally appointed Oholiab, son of Ahimasach, of the tribe of Dan, to be his assistant. Moreover, I have also given him special gift and skill to all the craftsmen so they can make all the things I have commanded you to make. And he listed all the things that he wanted him to. Now, this is very, very important. You see, Moses goes up the mountain and comes down and he has met God. And God told him, and the Bible tells us later on, you will see, God specifically gave Moses the specifications, the drawings. Everything he asked him to do is exactly how things are in the throne of God. When he said, make an ark, a mercy seat, an altar, this is exactly how the throne of God was. So everything you see in the temple, that's exactly how the temple in heaven looks like. And he said the exact drawings, that's what he gave to him. He gave to Moses on the mountain. Now Moses comes out. He doesn't have the physical drawing with him. This has been shown him. And he's now talking to some people and say, God wants us to design this and do that and do that. Do you realize that it will take some anointing to be able to understand what Moses is saying and build exactly according to what you yourself have not seen? Are you here? So that if somebody comes and is describing something, suddenly there's an anointing that makes you be able to see even into the head of the person and picture what the person is talking about. May the artisans in church be anointed. May you be anointed that when your bosses come and they describe something, you quickly appraise the situation. And you are able to produce exactly and better. That's why they find you better than the others. That's the kind of anointing that came on Daniel. And the Bible says they found them ten times better than the rest. Anointing. Hallelujah. So the Bible says he has given them a special anointing that they would design things and, and you know, work with gold and, and, and fabricate things in such a way that it is not normal to do so. His apprenticeship doesn't qualify him to that level. But when a Moses goes to the mountain and comes with a vision, you can actually pick the vision and start producing what he's saying. May God help us in the name of Jesus. And when we talk about the skill, this skill of the anointing is also a skill to teach. One of the levels of this anointing is a skill to teach. Amen. Skill to teach. And there is an anointing that comes upon someone that enables the person to be able to teach in a way that others don't teach like he teaches. Amen. That you'll be able to teach your children in a unique way that others can do. It's an anointing. This morning, you will pray for that anointing. In Jesus' name. Please look at Exodus. Skill to teach. That is a skill to impart knowledge. Do things in a special way. To appraise a vision. And do it exactly as the visionary says. That is a skill. That is an anointing. Exodus 35, 30. Then Moses told the people of Israel, the Lord has specifically chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, grandson of Her, of the tribe of Judah. The Lord has filled Bezalel, or has anointed him with the spirit of God, giving him great 
wisdom, ability, and expertise in all kinds of crafts. He's a master craftsman, expert in working with gold, silver, and bronze. 33. He's skilled in engraving and mounting gemstones, anointing to do all these things, anointing to engrave things, mount gemstones. This is strange. Hallelujah. And the Bible said, 34, and the Lord has given both him and Oholiab the ability to teach their skills to others. God gave him the ability to teach their skills to others. That means that there is an anointing that can make you teach. You see, teaching is the ability to impart knowledge to someone. And not many people are skillful teachers. Others know how to gather information and knowledge, but they don't know how to impart it. I mean, in university, we have lecturers that we, they are boring. You know, we call them different names. They didn't know we, had, we gave them those names. But, you know, they are ones that we call slow Jane, you know, and sleeping somewhere. You know, he's, uh, you know, he's, he's a professor. His first name is Sam. I won't tell you the rest. This is like, but. So we students call him sleeping Sam. You know, sleeping Sam's lectures, we won't attend. Because the man is, he's knowledgeable. We read his books. And you have this champion standing there, but he's so poor at imparting the knowledge. You see, he's, he, he knows the stuff, but he can't impart it. So it makes him a very bad professor. <laughs> you know, he's very good. I mean, we have, you have to read his books to pass. His books are powerful. But if he's standing there, he's unable to impart it in a way that will make you understand. So you see, for him, he's just a recipient, but he's not a donor. Are you here? It's like those who are blood group O positive or blood group O's. You know, they, they are universal donors, but they are not universal recipients. They give their blood to everyone, but they don't receive everybody's blood. They only receive O blood, but their blood can work for everybody. Me, I'm O positive. So I give blood to everybody. But if I'm in emergency, I only need somebody with O positive blood to, to, to give me blood. Because I, I can't receive from everybody. So O positive people, they have the advantage of being able to give to everyone, but they can't receive from everyone. If they receive from anyone who is not an O, they will die immediately. Because they will have a reaction. So, we've got people who can actually receive, but they don't know how to impart. This morning, I pray that you receive an anointing to be able to impart in the name of Jesus. When you have the skill to impart, it legitimizes and it extends your legacy. And this morning, if you are leading any group of people, you need grace to impart knowledge. You need the anointing of teaching to be able to teach your children the way of the Lord. To bring your children up in the knowledge of God, you need this anointing from God. 
You need anointing from God. You need anointing of God to handle the gifts that children have given, that God has given to you, your children. They are gifts of God. But many parents don't know how to handle them. It's an anointing. There is an anointing. There is an anointing that makes that possible. This morning, that's what he sent me to also impart to you. The anointing of a skillful teacher in the name of Jesus Christ. That you will teach them in the way of the Lord. And when you teach, they will understand you. That's what he meant when he said to, to, to um, Stephen that he anointed him in a way that his adversaries were not able to resist the words that came out of his mouth. It means that somebody can be very difficult. They say anything anybody speaks to him, he will not listen. But when you start speaking to that person, the anointing will make it come across. And the person will just say, okay, I will do what you say. Straight away, it works. Sometimes that is what is on pastors. That when you call them to the house, and what is complicated, they come in and see the same person, the same child down. And then they speak, and suddenly the child takes it okay. Say, so what did you do today? It's the anointing. It's the anointing. Hallelujah. This morning, may you receive the anointing in the name of Jesus. The anointing to teach in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Look at it. He said, I have given him the ability to teach their skills to others. 35. The Lord has given them special skills. The Lord has given special skills. That means that certain skills are by the anointing. The work of the ministry is by the anointing. Sometimes I realize I may preach. I'm standing in a pulpit and I'm preaching and I'm speaking at a certain rate and frequency. Sometimes I look at myself, it feels like there's a tape in my tummy that is playing the thing out. I don't have control. If you look into my nose, you only have scriptures there. Everything I'm saying, I've been written it there. That's why if you ask me to preach the same message again, I have to go to the same depth. And it may not be the same. Something will change about it. Hallelujah. If we do multiple services and I'm preaching on the same subject and under the same scriptures, you'll find that the first service, I will use the same scriptures and minister at a certain level. Second service, the same scriptures, but you realize that another level of revelation will come. I was in Ghana recently. I was preaching in a church. I have to preach first service and second service. The first service is the same message, but different unctions. Different atmospheres were created. I pray that the Lord anoint you. That you will carry the anointing of great skill in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. He says, the Lord has given them special skills as engravers, designers, embroiderers in blue, purple, and scarlet thread. In fine linen cloth and weavers. They excel as craftsmen and designers. They excel. I pray that you receive the anointing to excel. The anointing to correctly interpret what your bosses are talking about. The anointing to correctly understand and be able to impart knowledge in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, this morning, fill this house. And if we look at the beginning of the Exodus 31, he said, I have given them, that I have anointed them with my spirit, that enables him to have great wisdom, great wisdom. When the spirit of God fills someone, there are sevenfold dimensions of the anointing. Isaiah chapter 11 verse 1 to 4. And I'll end it here as we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. The anointing. The anointing. 
there's a certain wisdom that drops at that moment. It is that of God. If there's anybody, there's anything that you need to be very successful in your life, both in ministry and in any way, you need the anointing of great wisdom. In Jesus' name. We can all be born with a common sense and common wisdom, but there is an anointing. That's why God specifically sets it aside and says, I'm going to give him that. That means that it is not something that is common with all humans. It's not common with all humans. Remember when Solomon was approached by God and God asked him, what do you want me to do for you? That's why all the kings and all the prophets and everyone that will occupy any office, they were anointed because you just can't lead people. You need to be anointed to lead people. Even when it comes to political offices, Romans chapter 13 tells us, this earth belongs to God. And whether they are saved or not, God says the authorities that be, they are ordained by God. The authorities that be. And he's not talking about pastoral authority. He's talking about governmental authority. He said they are ordained by God. <laughs> that means it's an anointing to lead people. It is an anointing. And one of the greatest things you need is the anointing of wisdom. Great wisdom. Because life is full of decisions. Every second, you are making decisions. Some of you, as you are looking at me, you are making a decision whether to sleep or to continue to listen. <laughs> you are making so many decisions. Every second of life, have you observed, every part of our lives is actually made up of decision making. Everything. Everything you are doing, you are thinking about what to do next, what to do next. Everything, all the job you are doing, you are making decisions. You are making decisions whether to continue to type, whether to continue to take care of that patient, whether to continue to answer the call. All those is, is decision making. And that is why the key to breakthrough in life is wisdom. When Solomon asked for wisdom, God said, you have asked a great thing. I will give you the wisdom. I thought the guy has wisdom already. He said, I will give you wisdom to lead my people. Because not everybody can lead everybody. The people that Moses led, God himself described them as stiff-necked. It means you need anointing to lead this crowd of people. These are the people that when they have a problem, they cry to you, Moses. Moses prays, but before Moses will pray, they have already insulted him. They've already complained. They've already accused him that he's a murderer. He has brought them and he's the cause of their problems. Then Moses prays. God opens the rest Oh, hallelujah. I will sing unto the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and rider thrown into the sea. And then they sing and then they cross. When they cross, they realize that, hey, we don't have food. 24 hours ago, uh, Moses has brought us to kill us. We are hungry. This is what we said that you should leave us in Egypt. It was better we serve the Egyptians than to bring us out. They said, we desire the grapes in Egypt. We ate freely the cucumbers and watermelons. It wasn't free. It was costing them. They are watermelon Christians. They forget the pain they were going through yesterday. When they get to this breakthrough, they turn around and start attacking the church and the pastor. And they start complaining against God. They've forgotten that what they have today itself was a breakthrough. And it's an instrument of the church that brought them that breakthrough. Or the servant of God. But they forget. And that's exactly the kind of people Moses was leading. Every junction of the way, they cry. Insult him. He too. Humble heart. Father, forgive them. One day God got more angrier than him. 
God said, the people attacking you, leave me, let me kill them. He said, please don't kill them, just for my sake, don't kill them. And it takes great wisdom to lead such people. Stiff-necked people. <laughs> the Lord is king. In Jesus' name. It takes wisdom to lead people. Solomon, therefore, God said, I will give you, I will anoint you with wisdom. And we saw the manifestation of such a wisdom. That at midnight, in the days where there were no DNA technology, two women appeared in the palace. One was carrying a dead body. And the other was carrying a living baby. And all of them were claiming that the living baby was theirs. And none of them owns the dead one. And they have brought this matter to the king to decide. How is he going to know whose daughter is which? Whose son is which? No DNA technology. He can't ask the doctors in the palace to do anything. That was where the anointing of great wisdom kicked in. In that instant, he didn't get a notice ahead. He didn't get one week notification that some women are going to come and they are going to have this problem. So this is the solution. He has no idea. At midnight, the palace guards would have woken the king and said, there's a matter. What is the matter? The king has just been woken out of his dream. He comes to sit down and this is the matter. And in that spare of the moment, he said, all right. Executioner, bring the sword. Divide the living baby into two. And share it among them so that we can close this matter. Then the Bible said, one woman said, yes, king, go ahead, divide the child. Another woman said, if they will divide this child, it's all right, you give it to me. The king said, hold on. The one who said the baby should not be killed is the mother. Because when you truly give birth to something, you can't have it killed. That wisdom, that came spare of the moment wisdom, is an anointing. And every decision you are about to make in life, you need this sort of anointing to be able to make the right judgment at the spare of the moment. This morning, we will pray that this anointing will come upon your life. Because there are some decisions you turn left and right and you wonder, what is this? How do I handle this? How do I proceed from here? Why is this thing hanging on? There are some matters, they are still staying there because we've not had the wisdom to deal with it. The way we have approached it is not the wise way. But this morning, may we have the anointing of the Holy Spirit to handle some things in Jesus' name. So he says that out of the stump of David's family, there shall come a stir of Jesse. Hallelujah. And a branch shall grow from his roots. And this is a prophetic indication of the coming of the Messiah. Because Jesse was the father of David. And out of David's line, the Messiah will appear. So he says, out of the stem of Jesse, out of that stem, that means a child of Jesse, out of that stem, there shall come another branch. Hallelujah. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. And this, a branch shall grow out of his roots, out of the line. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. This branch that shall grow is suddenly being called him. Amen. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. The whole spirit of God, when he comes, I told you there are many departments in him. 
And one of the first things there is the spirit or the anointing of wisdom. Hallelujah. The spirit of wisdom or the anointing of wisdom and the anointing of understanding shall come on him. That's why when they trapped him in that difficult situation, when a woman was caught in adultery and they brought her to Jesus publicly, and said, we have caught this woman in adultery. In the very act, we caught her. Well, the man ran away and you brought only the woman. So they brought her to Jesus and said, what should we do? You have to be very wise before you open your mouth. A lot of people have found themselves in trouble because they don't think before they talk. They are quick to say things. This morning, may God deliver you from just opening your mouth quickly. <laughs> wisdom guides you. In fact, the scripture says, the virtuous woman, she opens her mouth with wisdom. The anointing of wisdom checks you and you are able to know when to say what. The Bible says, Jesus, therefore, when this question was posed, the Bible says, he knelt down and he sighed. And he started writing, scribbling on the, on the floor. Scribbling. No particular statements, but he's scribbling. And whilst doing that, I'm sure he was checking with his spirit what is going on here. Because the question looks harmless, but it is loaded with a lot of traps. Remember that Jesus' main mission was a messy mission. He preaches love and preaches forgiveness. But at the same time, there is a law in motion. And that is the law of Moses. And the scripture says anyone that will break the law of Moses will be subject to stoning. So the men that were standing there with the stones in their hand, the stone can go any direction. Because Jesus has been trapped. They didn't just bring the matter. They have been looking for him for a long time. The Bible says they sent people to his church services. To find out that he will make a statement and they will find a way to accuse him. It didn't start today. <laughs> so the Bible said, they, they brought a woman caught in adultery. They said, we caught her in adultery in the very act. Because the law of Moses says, anyone caught in adultery must be stoned to death. Now, so if Jesus says to them, by the law of Moses, go ahead, stone her. They will turn around and accuse him. That he has forsaken his mercy mission. That he's the one that preaches forgiveness. How is he saying that they should stone the woman? Now, if he tells them, don't stone the woman, they'll say, you have violated the law of Moses that say he must, she must be stoned. So both ways, he will be stoned too. Jesus will be stoned. So he has no way of escape in the matter. That's why when they ask you a question, you have to think carefully. When you have got legal cases, you need a lawyer to advise you to speak. So the police comes, you don't just open your mouth and say things. Are you here? So the question appeared harmless, but it was very, very loaded with harm. <laughs> and the wisdom that kicked in at that time, Jesus said, okay, no worries. Any of you that has never sinned before, has the first thing. Have you seen what he did here? He didn't preach mercy. 
He didn't cut the law of Moses. He put it in a way that so long as if you haven't seen, you carry, carry out the law of Moses. Carry it out. And the Bible says from the eldest to the youngest, they dropped their stones and they left. They were not expecting such an answer because it's a trap. But the wisdom of God always have a way around things. Amen. And then the Bible said, Jesus then looked at the woman. And when all the accusers had left, he said to her, where are your accusers? She said, I can't find them. He said, neither do I condemn you, but go and sin no more. Have you seen it then? Most people end it. Jesus said, I, I, I'm not condemning you. No, Jesus said, go and sin no more. So it was not a guarantee to continue to sin. He said, go and sin no more. But the point is that Jesus used wisdom to be able to disperse the crowd. And then he managed to minister to the woman and let her go. Carrying the conviction that what you have done is sinful, but don't go and repeat it. Now, if Jesus just got up and said, you people are very wicked people. Don't stone her. I came to preach peace. He himself, the kind of, the skill with which they would throw the stones at him. He would have died before his time. May you not die before your time. May you walk in great wisdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus. He said, the spirit of the Lord shall come upon you. And that spirit will release the anointing of wisdom and understanding. Receive the anointing of wisdom and understanding. In the name of Jesus. Many people have not received promotions in their job because they lack understanding of the visionary direction of the company. It is an anointing. Joseph was anointed with wisdom. He was called at midnight. And by the time he finished his presentation, he has spoken with so much wisdom by the anointing of God that Pharaoh looked around and said, this job for prime minister, we can't give it to anybody except you. And you don't have the citizenship to be a prime minister, but I am revoking all of that and making you a citizen immediately. Your slave status is waived. Wisdom, open that door. This morning, receive the anointing of wisdom. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. The anointing of wisdom. The anointing of wisdom. And then he says that the spirit or the anointing of understanding. Then he says the anointing of counsel and strength or might. The anointing of counsel. Counsel. Good advice. It's an anointing. Counsel. Counsel. Most people need counsel in life. What to do in a situation. And, and that's why it starts from where it's starting from. The anointings are in pairs and at the same time they were listed according to what comes first. That produces the others. In fact, you can't have wisdom unless there is understanding as foundation. Because every level of wisdom that somebody displays, you find that the person has great understanding in the area. But we need wisdom. Wisdom to communicate. Wisdom. Wisdom is missing in our world today. Receive the anointing of wisdom. In the name of Jesus. It takes wisdom to lead the people of God. Wisdom. Sometimes wisdom will teach you not to say anything. In the midst of provocation. The wisdom of God. And sometimes you, you, you will hear it and you feel like, let me respond. No, don't. The Holy Spirit is telling you don't. And we fight that one. We fight it with our spirit, soul, and body. But listen to the counsel of the Lord. 
That's why it's an anointing. In Jesus' name. May your breakthroughs not be inhibited because you lack this anointing. This morning, receive an anointing of wisdom, understanding, the anointing of counsel and strength or might. Hallelujah. You need the might of the Lord. Physical might, emotional might, financial might. Spirit of counsel and might. Because if you are very, very mighty, you need counsel as well. One of the things that happened to Samson was because despite his might, he missed counsel. That's why when his parents were advising him against going out for Philistine women, he wasn't listening. He wasn't listening to counsel. When you have the spirit of counsel, you yourself, you listen to counsel. Whenever you have the spirit of a teacher, you yourself, you are teachable. There is no teacher who is not teachable. Because every teacher has to be taught to teach. So, nobody will really be a man or woman of great counsel if you yourself don't open yourself for counseling. In Jesus' name. And so, the spirit of counsel moves you to receive good counsel and it also helps you to be able to impart good counsel. There are times that when I, whenever I come into contact with great men of God, men of God that I look up to as mentors and fathers in the faith, when I get into contact with them, one of the things they all testify is that this one can ask questions. I ask questions. If any of them falls into my zone, and they arrive in the UK and come and say, oh, we are Heathrow, can, I'm coming to Heathrow, can you pick me? I said, praise God. Right from Heathrow to their destination, I frame questions differently. I said, if you were in my shoes, or if you were to start church all over again, what would you not do, Papa? What would you not do? Then I realize, you see them playing it out. For one hour, as you drive them, they'll be sharing, say, I won't do this, I will not set this up, I won't do this at this time. I will, I said, ah, okay, good, good. See, I'm receiving counsel, but wisdom, I've asked the question by the spirit of wisdom, and I'm getting the answers. So I get educated in the vehicle. So the fuel cost was my school fees. It's wisdom. Amen. It is that same anointing that moves you to start looking out. Where do you want to go? Who has done what you want to do? The business you want to run. Have you seen someone so successful? And how would you connect yourself to wisely ask for counsel before you take a step? Praise God. Hallelujah. The spirit or the anointing of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The anointing of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. The anointing to receive knowledge. See, some people can't accept knowledge. They can't read why they can't grasp certain things. But there's a certain level of anointing that makes you have knowledge. Knowledge in various areas is an anointing. And the Bible says that they had knowledge and also the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And as I taught some time ago, these anointings, they are moving in pairs. Because they protect each other. Amen. Whenever you have 
might, you need counsel. Otherwise, when you become too mighty and you don't have counsel, you'll fall into the hands of the Philistines. Samson's problem was this. Solomon had the spirit of knowledge. The anointing of knowledge. But he lacked the spirit of the fear of the Lord. So after he had had all the knowledge and wisdom he has, he now have enough wisdom to know how to handle thousand women. But the spirit and the anointing of the fear of the Lord was not strong in his life. And that brought him down. Fear of the Lord. Because once you become knowledgeable and wise, you need the spirit of the fear of the Lord so that you continue to maintain that fear. Otherwise, you do crazy things. You do crazy things. You become so mighty that no one can advise you. And that pride can lead to a fall. This morning, may we receive the anointing. In the name of Jesus. The anointing of great wisdom. To lead the people of God. To handle the flock. To lead anything. To lead a home. To handle a marriage. You need anointing. All these things, it takes some level of anointing. In the name of Jesus Christ. And this morning, I want you, wherever you are, to start praying. The Lord, fill me with the spirit and anointing. The skill it takes is great skill. Skill to pastor, skill to preach. It's, a, it's an anointing. It's, it's not very easy. It's an anointing. To do the work of God is an anointing. But this morning, specifically on skill, wisdom, knowledge, the ability to, this, the, the Lord said, I have anointed him with the ability to teach the skill, to impart it to others. Sometimes we know the word of God, but we don't have what it takes to impart it to others. So that we see a lot of people arguing things against the Bible, and we have the knowledge, but we don't have the wisdom and the skill to be able to actually defend the word. This morning, receive grace in the name of Jesus. Please lift your voice in Jesus' name. One of the ways to tap the anointing is to pray. An atmosphere of prayer releases the anointing. In Jesus' name, this morning, I want you to please stand and pray. Stand and pray. It's just to make sure that you are not overcome by laziness. But if you have any medical reason why you have to sit down, sit down and pray. I just want you to pray. But sometimes it's good to stand and walk a bit so that you are not trapped by the spirit of laziness. The devil has a way of trapping people and preventing them from praying. It takes the anointing. The Bible says that they were supposed to wait in Jerusalem in prayer until they be anointed with power from on high. It takes the spirit of prayer to move the anointing of God. The power of God is released from the place of prayer. In the name of Jesus.